Okay, I am so excited for today's episode. This is going to be the part two of the Joe Anglesey interview where he actually interviews me. So we're flipping the script here a little bit and it's a really fun format. Usually I'm the one interviewing, but today I'm getting interviewed. And so you'll get to learn a little bit more about me, things you didn't know. And you'll also get to see a little bit more about my journey with play theory and a unique angle on some of the principles. So a really fun episode, very excited. Just had a blast with Joe. He was a great interviewer, very good at looking outward and making his partner uh, look good, who is me in this case. So sit down, buckle up, and let's get into this. Welcome to the Happiness Playbook, a podcast where we explore the why and how of happiness. I'm your host, Neil Hooper, and I just wanted to remind you that life is a team sport, so let's play together. Let's kick things off with our highlight reel where we talk about the things that put a smile on our face. In North Carolina, there was a fun-loving grandma who had a blast at her 90th birthday with a princess-themed party. How fun is that? The cheerful grandmother known as G-Ma to the family looked like a queen as she donned a huge pink tutu, plastic crown, and a beaming smile for the pictures. G-Ma's family organized a throne, biscuits in the shape of her face, crown, and a custom t-shirt that read, it took me 90 years to look this good. (laughs) How fun is that? Never grow up people and know that a little bit of let go and play goes a long way. Now, let's dive into the conversation with Joe. I really want to know why you stuck with play theory to the extent that you have. Like, not just the principles, but the whole concept and trying to make something out of it. Yeah, that's a big question that could have a really big answer, but I'll start and that's, with... And that's fine. <laughs> Let's start here, and then I'll let you ask any follow-up okay. questions. In life, I think for me personally, I am always on the lookout for things that are going to benefit me and benefit my ability to connect and communicate and to progress and develop. And so when I first came across play theory years ago in high school... It was like an entirely different league of development. The more you apply these four principles, it's just, it, it, you just keep going. It's like this cyclone that just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Cyclone's a weird analogy. For <laughs> no, <laughs> whatever works. It's yeah, fine. a cyclone of happiness and <laughs> optimism. I don't know how you, how you say that. But what I love about play theory as a theory and principles, but also as an organization, is it is tangible. Everybody wants to improve their relationships. Everybody wants to be more confident. Everybody wants to be better at creative problem solving and communication. But to just have these four little packaged principles of truth that are articulated, easy to remember, it's like having a little tool bag. Mm -hmm. And what's kept me going is stories like yours. Stories from people that came across them. And I think of my story and what it did for me. And then I just, time and time again, you hear about people applying them and what it does for their lives. And as a purpose-driven individual, 
that just really resonates with me and I want to spread them as much as possible. So that's kind of my answer in a nutshell. How would you describe yourself pre-play theory? Ooh, <laughs> that's a scary image. My upbringing was not traditional. So single mom of five kids with clinical severe depression. It, it was very hard at times for me to, to have any kind of confidence. And on top of that environment, which was just chaotic and there was no drive, there were no goals, there was no personal development and there was lots of love. And that was important. And I do wanna give my mom credit where credit's due. That's, she had her demons that she fought and I can't imagine being in this scenario she was, five kids being single and, and all of the, the mental health issues. but. You know, that on top of that, you have kind of these social stereotypes. I was homeschooled. I played lots of video games. <laughs> I liked chess, just a little cherry on top. <laughs> uh, so you add all that together. I was not in a place socially yeah. to flourish. I just mm -hmm. wasn't. And so it was really hard for me to have any kind of confidence. I didn't have examples in the home of what healthy mental health management looked like or communication, there was lots of temper, anger management issues. And so when I came across play theory and I met a new circle of friends that really helped me kind of, again, we talked about this a little earlier, mm -hmm. was creating an environment where it felt safe to grow and, and to learn and develop. That was the catalyst. And so I went from this really socially awkward, low self-esteem kid. And I had made some improvements prior to, to joining the Take Note Troop where we learned play theory, but, but just having a, a supportive group of people to really welcome me in, that was really the turning point for me in a lot of ways. I don't know specifically what you do for your career. Mm -hmm. How does that relate to play theory? Yeah, so kind of a fun story I'll share. I got my master's degree a few years ago. Congrats. Yeah, it was a very intense experience. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't recommend getting a double master's degree with a newborn child, but you know, wow. that's okay. Or having a child in the middle of the program, but I'm glad we did it. We actually, out of that program, got recruited to work at a Fortune 100 company. It was really a prestigious role. And so we accepted that offer and we moved out to Chicago. And we were there for two years and great paying job, awesome company, lots of potential growth. And it looked like on paper, it was a great setup, but I was miserable. And you wanna talk about Dementors, this is the analogy I use of, uh, to communicate how I felt near the end because it started off just kinda, of like, okay, this is kinda of hard, it's not really my passion, but it'll get better. Everyone kept telling me, just stick it out, it'll get better. And I did, I stuck it out for two years and it didn't get better, it got worse. And not having that alignment with my day-to-day -day grind and with my passions and what I wanted to be doing and where I wanted to go, it just created all kinds of problems, pretty severe mental health issues. It was a very dark season of life for, for me and my family. And it felt like, this is how I described it, it felt like I was waking up every day at a kissing booth and across from me was a dementor. <laughs> and I was like, let's clock in, here we go, pucker up. And that's, <laughs> it sounds dramatic, but that's really what it felt like. I was like, I am not happy in this environment, in a large organization, working for someone else and building someone else's empire. So 
right after the pandemic happened, I, I heard there was an opportunity to self-nominate for a, a severance package and to leave. And so I, I raised my hand and we left. That's to explain the principal application here for what I do now professionally, there was a ton of let go and play. So what I do now is a lot of digital marketing. I obviously do the happiness playbook, podcasts. I do web design and I have an online program for mental health actually. Um, So I've partnered with a therapist out of California, Tony Overbay. And we have, um, it's for young professionals. It's called the On Purpose Professional. And it's, I'm, I'm really proud of it. I, I know I'm biased, but it, I think it's a great program. So I, I do that and I have a lot of online um, offerings, but it's a constant let go and play. Every mm-hmm. day, when you don't have that formal structure, that consistent paycheck, there's a lot of let go and play involved yeah. with what I do now. So yeah, you're blazing the trail and you gotta go out into the jungle and hunt for food. Every day you wake up and you yeah. do that, but let go and play, accept and build. There's a lot of that goes on. Yeah, that's great. I think it, a big part of it is your motivation that kept you going. Like yeah. having a purpose really is, in my opinion, the key. And we actually talk about this in the On Purpose Professional, hence the name, <laughs> is having purpose, living on purpose, not only being intentional, but having purpose, purpose in you, right? There's a double meaning there, is the key. And when your purpose is misaligned with your day-to-day grind, that is when the anxiety comes in, the depression, the anger, all that stuff, because you can't see, you have maybe in the back of your mind, maybe it's not really clearly articulated, which is a whole separate issue, but there's a mountain that you want to climb. And if the trail you're on is not headed toward that mountain, it's going to cause problems. And that was what I experienced. And so to be able to get present, right, with your core values and what you really want, and then to let go of what you thought you should be doing. And again, my, my business partner, Tony Overbay, he's the therapist. He always talks about don't should on people. Oh, yeah. No, I, lo- I love that. <laughs> it's, it's a great way to look at it because when everyone's shooting on you and you're feeling all this pressure from external forces to do something, but deep down it's not your passion, that's going to cause problems. And it's really hard to let go of that and to do your thing. But it, when you do, it's magic. Yeah, I've used that principle in work where I've said, we don't need to keep shitting on ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great way to look at it. And these socially compliant goals is kind of the clinical term for that. It can really wreak havoc on you. And and well-intentioned parents, friends, family, they might be trying to encourage you to do what they feel is best for you. When in reality, deep down, if that's not aligned with your values, with your goals and aspirations, then, then it's not going to work. I think it goes back to Alcoholics Anonymous Serenity Prayer. I mean, the Serenity Prayer was pre-existent of them, but they use that. And basically, the Serenity Prayer is, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the mm. things that I can, yes. and the wisdom to know the difference. So good. I love that because, and and let go and play is baked into that prayer, right? Because it's saying you trying to control an outcome that you just have no control over is going to drive you insane. It's damning. By definition, it it, is damning. It's preventing you from progressing. So I love that. That's, That's huge. And really getting clear about, that's the first step is identifying what can you control and what can't you. And then just accepting that 
and building on what you can and letting go of what you can't because that's and it's a hard thing to do i wanted to bring up your podcast from what you've told me i still planning on going on listening to some of your podcasts watch some of your youtube videos and mm-hmm. i'm liking what i'm hearing there and sense of hope and really like the Star Wars episode. That was a good one. That's one of my favorites so far. <laughs> That's good. Good principles there. And But with your podcast, I've heard that you're starting to get quite a following. Like people are really embracing it now. Yeah, we're really grateful because while the numbers are definitely increasing and they're getting there where we want them, it's really the engagement and then the the stories about the changes that are happening in people's lives is really what keeps me going. You want to talk about motivation and why yeah. I do this. Every one of those stories that I hear, just saw a review from someone that said they, they just started listening and have already been in tears twice and they're sharing this story. And again, it's not to say, like, oh, how awesome are we with this podcast? But it's really just the principles of truth. And that really... Again, going back to purpose-driven work, that's why I left corporate America, was to hear those stories and to be a tool in helping people experience and apply those principles in their lives. We're very grateful that the community, those that are listening, are very dedicated and um, very consistent, and we're just looking to keep growing. We want to chuck that huge boulder into the pond of life and let the ripples go out and Totally get that. Yeah. So you have your podcast, you have your YouTube channel. I'm guessing a lot of vulnerability goes into it, and that's what's really helped people connect to you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I I love the story you shared earlier about how that was really starting your YouTube channel. It was that vulnerability and, and kind of being true to your authentic self. And I have found, it's funny, with the with video, I did a lot of audio podcasts, and yeah. then I recently switched over to YouTube, and I'm hopeful that you can train me in the ways and help <laughs> uh, grow that. But it's different because all of a sudden, whereas before, I could write out a, a paragraph and just read it into a mic, and I can, I'm pretty good at you know, changing my voice so it, it sounds natural and stuff, but when you're on video, you can't do that. And I was a little nervous about that, honestly. Oh, yeah, because for sure. It, it was a lot more just kind of on the cuff stuff, but the reaction has been very warm. It's been very well received. And so that speaks to the power of authenticity and letting go of those fears for connection to happen. So you're absolutely right. I think you have a lot of great things going for you. I'm really excited about the future of um, what you're doing with the therapist and mental health. That's never going to go away. No. Yeah. <laughs> we're, it's a we're, booming uh, industry right now. <laughs> yeah, for all of us. And just being able to do what you love, getting in touch with your actual purpose, like you were talking about the trail and the mountain, how you were veering away from the mountain, the trail you were taking. You weren't you. Mm-hmm. And so you weren't feeling fulfillment. Yeah. And I, I think... Obviously, I'm sure that there are days and there are moments that you're like, oh, this is so difficult. I, I hate this moment. Yep. <laughs> uh, and, and that's going to come with anything regardless. But it's different when it's periods of time and it's the whole time. Because there's moments where I'm a little stressed about a video or 
if it's going to have a positive reaction and stuff. And I'm sure that's a similar thing that sometimes goes through your mind, making content that people will embrace. Yes. And I love what you said about when you look at, when you look at the stock market, right? Which Were you it, pointing to some books over here? <laughs> I was going to, I was going to like, like I had a chart. I actually been craving my whiteboard so I can write. Oh, I was like, <laughs> Oh, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. But like, if anyone's watching Dogecoin and what it's been doing. I've heard about that recently. <laughs> I, I just installed the Dogecoin wallet. I don't even know what I'm doing. But <laughs> anyway, when you look at the trends, though, for the prices in a stock market, you can see if you're looking at the day, it's like all over the place and it's going up and down. And then if you expand, though, to the week, you can start to see that trend line a little better. And the more you expand out month, year, you can really get an idea for where you're headed. And I think that the fear or the challenge, and this applies in the stock market, but also with our emotions and making big decisions is we look at the day and what the day's doing. And I the, get caught up in that. We yeah. all do, right? Yeah. And it's really hard not to because in that day, in that moment, it's really painful. When that Dogecoin dips and you've just invested $500, not saying it's happened, but it's painful and you're like, oh my gosh, should I get out? But then when you expand your view and you're saying, oh, it had a dip, but the overall trajectory is still up. It's really important to keep that in mind because, and I, again, applying this to my professional environment now, when I was in corporate America, (laughs) there would be days where I'd have high emotions but the trend, the trajectory from a macro level was was headed toward the cliff. Titanic. That's right. And now there are days, I'll be honest, entrepreneurship is hard. It's challenging in its own right. But there are days where I have it down. But if I can just step back and say that purpose-driven work that I get to be a part of now, overall, the trajectory is where I want it to go. And so I just, I had that thought and that analogy as you were sharing, which I think is helpful to not get so caught up in those off days, but to kind of expand your view and say, where am I headed? What's the overall trajectory here? Because that's what we should pay more attention to. Well, I appreciate that. I got to know a lot more about you in this moment, and I feel inspired, uplifted, and just realizing that, once again, I think it's always a rediscovery is we all have our challenges. We may from the outside look like we have everything together and everything's going our way, but we we're really good at putting on facades for people and we all obviously don't want to depress other people, right? right? My life's sucking right now. Two <laughs> thumbs up, five stars, you know. <laughs> that is a, and that is a tricky balance to find, right? I like to think of the principle of the duck, right? where on the surface it looks like it's just gliding along. But if you go oh, underneath, yeah. its feet are kicking and it's going nuts, right? And sometimes we're like that. And it's important to not cause panic or, or harm, but also to be authentic and let people know who are also paddling and struggling that, hey, I am too, and that's okay. Let's work together and support each other. So Definitely go ahead and check out Neil's Happiness Playbook. Also go check out his podcast, And I will do the same. Thank you again for your thoughts. Absolute pleasure. Seriously, man. I I hope we can do this again. So let's do it. (laughs) Stay tuned then. Okay. 
what a fun conversation. Hopefully you learned a few things. I know I sure did in this interview. And it was a lot of fun to have somebody really digging deep uh, on, on me and, and getting my perspective on a few things. So that was a lot of fun. Since uh, there wasn't an official pro tip in the episode or the conversation, I want to leave you with this pro tip. This week, I want you to authentically share and get vulnerable about something that might be hard for you or something you've learned that normally you would shy away from uh, sharing and allow for that to help you connect with others. Whether you're starting a business, whether it's just the day-to-day grind at work or parenthood or a hard situation socially, I just want you to get vulnerable and then watch for the connection that follows that vulnerability. Remember this week that we're all going through hard things. Take care of your mental health and chuck those large boulders into the pond of life and let your influence be felt for good. We need you on Team Happiness and we are so grateful for your involvement, for your willingness to share and to be a voice and an influence for good in this increasingly dark and turbulent world we live in. So thank you for tuning in. As always, remember that happiness is a skill and life is a team sport. Catch you next week.